Okay, it's the Great Debates oh. program. Wow. It sure is. Here we are. Here we are this where? Where are we? We're not in the Great Debates studios per se. Well, I each am. of us. I'm in mine. Each of us is in his own Great Debates studio. We're Skyping this podcast for the first time, looking at each other's handsome faces in the computer screen. What are we doing? This isn't what, how we do this. This is not how we do no, it. I'm sorry. Okay. No. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, regardless of how we're recording this episode, I'm putting four minutes on the clock. Okay. And I'm going to ask Steve Healy to take the pro in a little micro debate that I'd like to call <laughs> <laughs> OJ Got Away With It. Okay. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro, I guess. We're talking about OJ Simpson. Yeah, yeah O.J. Simpson. Look, the guy, he didn't face punishment for his crime of murder that he pretty much confessed to. Uh, so he got away with it. I mean, Dave might try to argue that he, I don't know, faced some social punishment or we all know he did it or something. Doesn't matter. Guy committed murder, walked, got away with it. It's sad. It's not. doesn't make me happy to talk about, but that's the facts. I don't know why I got this non-life-affirming pro, but here we are. The guy got away with it, Dave. Well, getting away with it doesn't simply mean that you walk out of criminal court and are judge not guilty. That's First of all, what it means. Most important That's fact here is that OJ uh, was um, the defendant in two cases. One was criminal, one was civil, and he was found guilty and judged and punished, uh, unlike what you said, in a criminal case, a wrongful death suit, where the preponderance of the evidence the jury decided determined that OJ was in fact guilty of murdering Nicole Brown and Ron. Uh, Goldman, is that the guy's name, who is dead, and I feel bad that I laughed. Um, th so he didn't simply, for that reason alone, he didn't get away with it. And you, just because you pointed out what my argument is going to be doesn't take any of its points away from it. You're exactly right. No one thinks that he didn't do it. He didn't get away with it if everyone assumes that he's guilty. O.J. Simpson, count, he doesn't walk down the street a free man, even though he was never found guilty in criminal court of murdering the two of them. And incidentally, he also didn't get away with the other crimes that he committed. He served he, jail time for those. He literally walks down the street a free man. He goes to Riviera Country <laughs> Club and plays golf. He might be sort of socially ostracized, but even that isn't that bad. He had a big party at his house after he literally got off in his murder trial. Yeah, he suffered uh, some financial penalties in his civil trial. Yes, but he was the punished. guy got away with murder. He got off. I think the key thing here is the idea of does it is, is twisting it the words to somehow define it so that you can win? Yeah, maybe. I, I mean. Try. But Healy, you don't think, I mean, you think that OJ did it, right? Yeah. So I think he didn't he's get away with it. it. If you know what the truth is, and OJ knows what the truth is, and we all agree that he did it, then he didn't get away with it. Getting away with it doesn't just mean that you don't have to be punished for it. And again, I'll remind you, OJ was punished for it in a civil case. It also means that everyone around you believes that you didn't do it. Everyone, or not even around you, everyone agrees that you didn't do it. We all agree that he did do it. That's not getting away with it. Getting away with it is being able to not just walk free, but being to able to walk down the street and not have people point at you going, that's the guy who did it. For example, uh, you know, 
this is the first example that comes to mind, but like in Silence of the Lambs, he's in a different country. He's getting away with it. He's changed his circumstances. I don't remember the movie exactly, but we're led to believe that he doesn't, he will never face repercussions for what he's done because nobody even knows who he is, where he's living now, I think. Isn't that how that movie ends? Well, yeah, we see Hannibal Lecter in a Caribbean island. He's going right. to eat the doctor that had him imprisoned. Yes, he got I'm away having with an old it. friend for dinner. But I don't think I don't. I actually don't think even Hannibal Lecter got away with it. Like, okay, great. The FBI right. is not You're done right. he didn't hunting get away with for it. him. You're right. Yeah, neither. They're did still OJ. looking sure. for him. The story's not over. Uh, and he he's an escaped fugitive at the moment, but that doesn't mean he got away with it. I mean, I think. Okay, why are you making the point that even Hannibal Lecter didn't get away with it? That only proves the more so that OJ didn't get away with it. If someone... Oh, well, I'm fine with this being over. Mm. (laughs) I didn't love the side I had there. I knew, I know, Helia. This is one of those difficult ones where the topic is so one-sided... Yeah, you, it's hard to give credit to the person to, for giving the correct argument. I don't know. I mean, this one it was just like everybody stated the sort of the basic facts. I don't feel like we had time to really let the never let got the above the level of away. facts. So uh, we're doing a Skype debate. Right yeah, now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to endorse Skype. That we're not paid by Skype. I don't like it. I find the interface. It's reminding me of everything I've always hated about Microsoft. But here we are. Yeah, took us a very long time to get this going. We had to find what Davis always was, a Microsoft uh, product, was it? Skype? No, Skype got bought by Microsoft, and now it's a bunch of junk, and you got to enter fifty yeah, passwords every time you sign in. But hey, it allowed us to not have to drive to one location, so that's cool. It allowed us to not have to be together in reality. Yeah, is that good? We're together in virtual reality. Anyway, I did ha- I did prepare a topic, yes. you know, a okay. to- conversation starter for host chat, and it's about Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Dave's former college professor, now kind of, he's written a book called Twelve Rules to Live Your Life By or something, and he's become the topic of, uh, especially sort of neoconservative op eds, right? Mm-hmm. What is he famous for? What is Jordan Peterson famous for? Are Debate. Oh, yeah, for sure. He is a debate celebrity. He's, if you've heard yes. of this guy, you've heard of him because he's on YouTube having debates, because he's a, a figure to start a debate or to continue a debate, if you're a conservative columnist or whatever. He is a debate figure. Absolutely. Yeah. So who is the last guy to get famous from debate? What does this mean for the future of debate? I think it suggests <laughs> that people are hungry for good, clean, hard debate out there. A guy, Jordan Peterson, emerges who doesn't back down and has these tough debates, you know, basically on his YouTube channel. But people are hungry for it. They want it. They're into it. And the guy's been elevated to semi-celebrity status. Hmm. Should we be branding this podcast as like it's one of the guys is a former student of Jordan? <laughs> 20 years Peterson ago, apprentice? one of them yeah. took a non-political class from Jordan Peterson. <laughs> I, can I tell you my memory, since we're talking about him, my memories yeah. of Jordan Peterson? Yes. Because some people, like, it is weird. I, he was my, he t- taught a class in college called personality psychology that I, okay. I was a psych mm-hmm. major. And I didn't really know what to expect going into it. 
I have to say he was the most dynamic professor I had in college. He was unbelievable. Wow. He is a magnetic personality. His lectures were riveting. I was like, I would like write down sentences that the guy said that were just like whole thoughts that just made you go like, man, I, this, I didn't expect that from this class and it's amazing. And there, he would like use the, this sounds so lame, but he would like use the chalkboard in a way that made you go like, this guy is on to something. <laughs> like you just kind of wanted to sit and listen his to His chalk it. work. Yeah, his chalk work was really good. <laughs> What's um, something you remember from the class, a quote? Well, one uh, of the things he said, and I've shared a couple of these on Twitter or whatever, but one thing he said that always stuck with me was he was for some reason talking about drug use and cocaine okay. and how yeah. much uh, like lab rats will choose cocaine over food and whatever. And he said, we are asking the wrong questions about cocaine use. The question isn't, why do some people do cocaine? The question is, why aren't all people doing cocaine all the time? Cool. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's cool. That should have been in like the promo for Narcos. Yeah. Mm. He also was like, some of you are going to be parents one day. You want one rule of parenting? You have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. If your child is allowed to stay up till 9 p.m. one night and 11 p.m. or for five nights, if he's allowed to stay up till 9 p.m. and on the sixth night he's allowed to stay up till 11 p.m., then he knows he can have his way with you even if it's once every six nights and he will make your life hell because he knows it. It was like, wow, okay, that's great. It's a great takeaway. Healy's rolling his eyes. No, not at all. I'm just wondering, like, shouldn't a kid be allowed to stay up late, you know, every once in a while as a special treat? This, Only on New Year's Eve, though. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Take it up with Jordan <clears throat> Peterson. I mean, I, I will. I think he's got bigger fish to fry at this point other than arguing with you about children's bedtimes, but... Isn't that basically how he got famous, arguing with people essentially yes. like me over stuff like that? And by the way, I would love nothing more than have Jordan Peterson on this dumb podcast and argue with him like, the mm. best bedtime for a 10-year-old is 9 o'clock. Oh, Something best that has bedtime nothing to do Jordan with Peterson. forced pronoun usage. Healy, you're working on a Peterson impression. I mean, let's just, let's just have out with it. I didn't want you to force me to do it, but I have I do I saw that people were comparing Jordan Peterson's voice to Kermit the Frog. Yeah. And I can get uh. my voice to a pretty Kermit the Frog place. So yeah, I got a Peterson. Okay, well you don't have to do it now, but I was impressed with your early results. Yeah, thank you. Mm. <laughs> Leave them wanting more. Yeah. Uh, maybe that'll be on the premium channel. <laughs> I like that. All right. Um, should we should we hop back into our, our last yeah. debate? Should we have Next another debate? debate? <clears throat> I don't know if you guys are paying attention to uh, the world of sports, but if you are, you probably noticed that last week was uh, the beginning of baseball season. Hell right? yeah. Baseball season. Yeah. You heard the crack of the bat. And um, I heard the crack of the bat. I could also hear the fireworks from the Dodger game on Friday, which is something I hear every weekend when they're home that's wild uh and it's just like a nice you know reminder of what it is to live in la um so anyway i've got a top around that let's do it and i think should healy take the pro sure yeah. that topic is it's very life-affirming it'll be a good year for baseball Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Look, I'm a little hindered in my side taking because 
I couldn't tell you the names of the great players that are going to be on the field this year, but just as a casual baseball observer, I'll tell you a couple things I noticed already. Ichiro is 44, snagged somebody's home run by climbing up the fence. That ain't nothing. That was pretty cool. Already I've noticed that, uh, what's his name, Kepler down there in Philadelphia is getting all kinds of hell for his unorthodox managerial style. And, you know, that may not be so great for Philadelphia fans, but I like it as a uh, fan of the interesting and the strange and the unusual drama. I know that... uh, what else is going on in baseball? I saw that Mookie Betts was talking to the commentators, taking a page out of the Great Debates book, talking to the commentators from the outfield. That seemed like a lot of fun. It just seemed like a good positive mood going into the season for baseball this year. I saw a viral video of some, um, not talking strictly about professional baseball either. I saw a viral video of a one-armed catcher. Somebody saw it, their little league or high school game. He seemed cool. I think baseball could have a very, very strong year. These are all just the typical, not that interesting things that we see in the first week of baseball. I mean, how much did you really, I didn't even, I barely heard whispers about opening day. This, who cares, Gabe Kapler, you're not even going to remember that a week from now that he called to the bullpen and and the guy wasn't ready yet. That was the story. It's boring as hell. He's a first-year manager. He's going to make mistakes. Nobody cares. You said it yourself. You can't picture the stars. Who are the stars of baseball? They have a huge problem. They're no faces. And they have another problem, which is they haven't fixed the pitch clock situation. The game is too damn slow. It's too boring. No one wants to actually watch the game. Attendance is at an all-time low. Derek Jeter took over the Miami Marlins. He's the new face of the Marlins. And what happened? Attendance is down. He sold off the whole team. No one is even going to the games. For the first games, the attendance were like 8,000 people or something. It's an embarrassment. The most interesting thing about Mookie Betts, the player you mentioned before, is that he happens to be incredible at a second sport, which is bowling. He's, he's bowled a 300 in the offseason, and now he's playing baseball. It's more interesting that he bowls a 300 than that he's a dynamic player on the field. The game is simply past. You know what? Here's what I'll say. Ooh, this is. You're going to hate this. It used to be our nation's pastime. Now its time has passed. We're on to <laughs> other sports. We're on to MMA. We're on to UFC. And kids don't give a crap about baseball. Baseball isn't just competing with football and hockey and soccer. It's competing with YouTube. It's competing with slime, for God's sakes. Nobody cares about baseball. It's not going to be a good season for baseball. Can you even name the? Can you even tell us who the cha- who won the World Series last year? Nobody cares. Yeah, the Astros. Yeah. Who? The Astros. Yeah, the right? Houston Astros. And they raised their banner today, and the timing was all off, and it was an embarrassment. Nobody cares. <laughs> Look, it here's the matter. thing. People like Dave, naysayers, have been saying this stuff since 1884 or whenever when they were inventing baseball on the fields of New York. This is the oldest argument in the book. It's too slow. No one cares. Kids aren't into it. And 110, 120 years later, 
Baseball's still out there swinging. It can't People be defeated. No one was it saying that. It just keeps in, going. No one between 1930 and 1985 ever said that kids aren't playing baseball. That argument, that's like, that's not true at all. Baseball reached its peak right before like the strike of 90, whenever it was, in popularity. And then it was saved again in the late 90s with Sosa McGuire. Kids were going crazy. Those guys were on the talk shows. They were on the cover of Time magazine. They were in the national conversation. Nobody cares about Mike Trout. He's the best player in baseball and nobody could even pick him out of a lineup. Those are soft spots for baseball, but what does baseball do consistently? <laughs> Come through in the clutch. Just when you think baseball is dead. Oh, Healy. There, when World War II is starting, forget it. The players are going off to war. There's the all-girls baseball league. It finds a way. Baseball finds a way. And baseball will continue to find a way. And what's more, a lot of the things Dave's talking about, the slowness of the game, the boringness, the anonymity of the players, isn't that sort of what we're most craving in our society? Something that's timeless, something that's not about celebrity, something that takes a long time, that's tactile, that's slow-paced, that forces you to relax, that's almost meditative. Isn't our society collectively calling out for something like baseball? And has it so often has in its past throughout the history of baseball, isn't baseball responding to the American need, adapting to just what we need from it at just the right time? In the 1950s, we needed an American game that would bring disparate immigrant communities and black and white communities together. And the Brooklyn Dodgers, the Yankees of that era, they brought it to us. Now what we need is something akin, some American equivalent to the Norwegian idea of slow oh, I knew TV. it was coming. I knew and it was coming. Baseball <laughs> this is bringing us. I was just going to say this is all we've we've hit on something very specific and real here, which is this is nothing more than Steve Healy's fantasy that the United <laughs> States is ready for some sort of slow TV movement. <laughs> nothing could be crazier or further from the truth in Healy's America. Millions of people sit around to watch a, a train slowly moving down the tracks or a security cam of a library where people are peacefully reading. But that's not what's going to happen. That's the, People are watching. What's the most popular show is Roseanne and people like this week or whatever. And people liked it because it was fast talking and they were talking about Trump and everything. They didn't Disagree. want to get a, They didn't want to uh, escape from their Let me problems. stop you there. Disagree. What do people like about Roseanne? It's familiar. It was there 20 years ago. It's what I had when I was a kid. I don't like the new junk. The new stuff is polluting me. I don't like it. It's ugly. It's nasty. I want to go back to the classics, to the solid, to what's American. Here's, that's what the Roseanne audience was saying. And that's, what the, this, that same energy is going to carry over into baseball. Give me what I used to have, what I used to love, what was meaningful. Let me find my meaning back in baseball once again. Here's what's interesting, Healy, is that... Yeah. The problem that baseball has now is that they're already on the second generation of fans who have been let down by baseball. What happened around the turn of the century? Baseball went through one of the biggest scandals we've ever seen in sports. Dozens and dozens of players were labeled PED users, steroids. That was all people talked about with baseball. So the kids who are now, they're not kids anymore. Kids who were 25 or 35 
or even 10 when you were in the year 2000, that was 18 years ago. So unlike Roseanne, which has the benefit of institutional memory, the people now who are older, who could be going back to something from their youth, don't want to return to something where they all they can remember is Barry Bonds. That's the guy whose head somehow got two sizes bigger. Sammy Sosa, that's the weirdo whose skin suddenly became white. And he said that he, did, he didn't know. He just took whatever his doctors told him to take. There's, these are the guys who hate, I mean, aside from us, hate David Ortiz because they think he stole championships by using steroids and Manny Ramirez and Alex Rodriguez. All of those players are persona non grata, or they were 18 years ago, unlike Roseanne, which had a successful run for years and years. So I actually think you're making, like, this is an interesting point, which I hadn't actually thought of, is that, like, baseball has had a very good run lately of, like, international wholesome entertainment, if you will, but that one of its problems is that if you go and look back 20 years ago, it was reviled. It was like there were people were sitting in front of Congress and Rafael Palmero pointed his finger at senators and said, I did not use PEDs. And then two months later, whatever, he tested positive for PED use. And now he's a 54-year-old sad man who says, I'm gonna try to make a comeback and he's not gonna get anywhere close. And people think it's lame and that's one of the problems problems baseball has, and that's why it's not going to be a good year for baseball. And that's my closing statement. Dave has walked back into making my point for me, because 20 years ago, yeah, it was a nasty time for baseball. So many of our heroes were dethroned, congressional inquiries. It was ugly out there. But now, so much of that has been washed away. These guys, as Dave points out, they're 50, they're 60. They're not in the game. They're not defending themselves. We've moved past those controversy, and you know what's still standing? Baseball. The game is still going, and there's a whole generation of kids out there. You can see it in the Parkland kids. You can see it in Emma and oh, David. What They're a hungry sad reach. For, for something what a sad new, reach by Healy. building <laughs> on what's established, building on our constitutional <laughs> values, taking what's good from the past, and building so to something crazy. new bringing some new energy. And I think we're going to see that all across baseball from, frankly, there are people who are more or less their peers in the minor leagues right now. They're fighting for better pay. We're going to see those social changes in the United States reflected in baseball and baseball is going to have a great year. Healy, if, if we see Emma Gonzalez at a Miami Marlins game this year, then I will retroactively say that you won this debate. Throwing out the first pitch, they're crazy if they don't try that. You're absolutely right. They're crazy if they don't try They should ever shoot out the, the first pitch. I'd love it. Deans? Woo! Um, I feel like this was less of a debate and more of a chance for Davis to really jump up there and give us a lecture on baseball. Yeah. Uh, which I enjoyed. I found it to be entertaining. You know, keep in mind, I'm I'm a, Healy, I'm a steroids apologist. I have no problem with anyone who's ever taken sure. PEDs and steroids. I think it, they should have. It's probably fine, yeah. right? You, do you think they should have lied about it? What's, what's that? Do you think they should have lied about it? Um, no, I guess ideally they would have been like, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to win. I don't know, like, uh, uh, I'm still playing by the rules if you catch me. And I get suspended, then I get suspended. But I still think it's in my advantage to take these drugs because I think it'll be better. Uh, whatever. It was more fun to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. I, he, what I can't figure out is what 
happens to baseball in Dave's world? Mm. Like, what is the, what is going to, it's our doomsday for baseball, but what does that look like? Empty stadiums, I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, they got to, they got to change something, I think. Should but then what's next? Like if we're at empty, if we're at 8,000 people at the Marlins game right now, like what is that? That's just a, a moment in time. Like what is the end game of that? Is it that some markets, they close down their teams? I think what if every stadium had to shrink by, say, 20% and every game became like a minor league game? There's something to be said for that. I do think that like more stadiums should... I do think that they need to like go back to more day games and more family friendly games. And like, I think that they should have more sections where they aren't selling alcohol and stuff because I think they, mm-hmm. they got to get the kids in or else it's, mm-hmm. it's only going to get worse. I don't know. Or it's the only place in, in the country where a kid can have a beer. I like that. What about that? In San Francisco, they've already paid off AT&T park. That's crazy. With, with a number of sellout seasons in the early part of this decade because the Giants have won three World Series in, in the 2010s. And um, so my take is that, like, there's still some markets that, that, that are doing just great. And if there were, if it was less diluted and the Marlins went away and some other right. struggling towns went right. away, then the, the talent would concentrate more and the game would get more exciting. I would love to see some, what do they call it? Contraction? Yeah, we can all agree the Marlins have got to go away. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Be, well, how awesome would that be if that were Emma Gonzalez's next political stance? Contract the Marlins. Wow. <laughs> People would be like, no. Emma, what do you You thought doing? she was catching some heat now. <laughs> oh, Deans, <laughs> take us out of here, bud. Guys, this was really fun. Enjoyed the episode. I'm looking forward to springtime. Spring training is over. Now it's the it's the regular season. So we're going to have some hot debates, I think, on Skype. <laughs> and we'll see you all real soon, maybe even as soon as next week on The Great Debates. Baseball season's underway. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caricello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina.